This episode of Positive Space is brought to you by Chartpack, parent company of 14 art supply brands including Grumbacher, Molotow Markers, Higgins, and Cullinore Drawing Supplies. Pens, pencils, paints, and paper? Chartpack has it. Check out Chartpack and their brands at chartpack.net. Welcome to Positive Space, Conversations and Art Foundations, a production of Foundations in Art, Theory and Education, also known as FATE. Positive Space is a podcast providing opportunities for those passionate about art foundations to discuss and promote excellence in the development and teaching of college-level foundations in art studio and art history classes. Hello there, this is Valerie Powell. Welcome to Positive Space. We are coming to you from Kansas City, and we are at the FATE Conference up on the rooftop. And I've got Michelle Illuminato, who is one of the FATE Award winners, the Education Award winners. So welcome, Michelle. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I wanted to chat with you and just sort of, you know, hear a little bit about, you know, your experience at the conference, um, as well as sort of what it feels like to get an award like that for, for being an educator, which I know you've, you've done in lots of different places and different contexts. Yeah. Oh, it, I am so incredibly honored. I can't tell mm. you. I, um, it's been, first off, it's been great to be at the conference, the conference for my um, whole career has been there. And, and yeah. I, like you said, I've like been to lots of different places. I taught it first off at Bowling Green State University mm-hmm. and then Carnegie Mellon. And then for years at Alfred, uh, which is just kind of the heart of my heart in terms of like a program right. that really functions well. And then now mm-hmm. I'm at Portland State University. So, so to see people that I know from all those different jobs, uh, there's no other place that that happens. So I've been just having fun seeing people and tons of my new colleagues from Portland State University are here. So, yeah. so it's all of a sudden, it's, it's a really great moment for me to win mm-hmm. an award, to have a, you know, I'm always really interested in the idea of noticing and stopping and paying attention mm. in my teaching with students, but also in my life. And so this has been one of those moments that I've been able to kind of say, oh, you know, the, oh, I have done something. You know, I mean, right. as a teacher, I think it's, I think we're always thinking about, you know, how we do it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful place to be. In. It is. It is a, a nice chance to sort of get, get to reflect and say, okay, like, here's, here's where I'm at. This is what's going on. And you guys have 10 people here from Portland State right, at right. the FATE conference. And That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So there, um, for me, it's been really great. Um, Ralph Puget, who is one of the award mm-hmm. winners, um, the shout out he got one of the shout right, out awards right. um, it's great to have him here and Allison uh, who are like two of my colleagues who are actually working really closely on this new core program that we're wow. developing in Portland and then lots you know several other people were here had heard about fate had had already planned to come um, mm. one of my amazing grad students uh, Roz crew is mm, is here right. and, uh, yeah so it's I think it's going to have a really big impact when we go back and we have different conversations about sure. things that we've, you know, uh, different sessions that we've been yeah. in and stuff like that. And I'm curious, like, what, what are some things that have stood out, you know, like in terms of sessions or conversations you've had with, with folks? Because I, I know that so, so much goes on, you know, like in the sessions and you think about that and then you're going to coffee or you're walking over to lunch and sitting down at a table and hearing about other things. Are there things that have, have stood out to you um, from, from this conference that you've been hearing or conversations you've had? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's rich. There's a mm-hmm. Lots going on, um, mm-hmm. but I think one of the things for me that's really was wonderful is I went to uh, a session on social practice in mm. foundations, and as a person who um, has been doing social practice since before that word before that was, was even cool before, or a word, right? it was always cool, <laughs> Valerie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but truthfully, when I started at Bowling Green, um, mm-hmm. as as somebody who you know was taking over that or you know coordinating that foundations program with Mike Arrigo, you know that was the job I could get. There was mm-hmm. no social practice jobs, mm-hmm. and so then to kind of see this great tra- trajectory of like my own art career, which has also been equally important to me to my sure, teaching, sure. Um, actually making an impact and being talked about at the conference in the ways that other people are doing it, mm. and to hear that springing up, and 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 to see that, you know, at, at one time that was 
the, the skills that I had because of that matched up with foundations and that those things like active teaching and being able to collaborate or teach th- students to think, you mm-hmm. know, critically or, um, you know, talk through work, you know, um, right. you know, all of those things are, were, I saw them as valuable for foundations years mm-hmm. ago because of my own work. But then sure. to see that happening is like, it's, it's a great uh, moment. And it, and now, you know, there's lots of, lots more jobs for people that's in social true. practice that's but true it's, um yeah so that was that was a, a another like nice i guess moment was mm-hmm. um i had been just having a really great conversation with uh with Roz, and we were talking about how long social practices mm. history was or not mm-hmm. and then to go into that and hear other people talk about it from different perspectives and oh, and some the same too it was some to see you know, one of the people who is with me, it's like he actually worked on a book that they brought up. And so, oh, so it was like we just had some really nice, you know, you know, uh, n- nice points, nice things mm. to like think about and, um, you know, in a larger context, you know. Too, yeah, sure, so. sure. Well, and you mentioned being present, you know, and it seems like that that's something that's that's important in conversations that you have in your own work, but also in the classroom and, you know, being reflective and being really aware and sort of pausing, slowing down. How do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me how that works. <laughs> well, it's funny, my early teaching, like I was very like you know show them artists you know do this do that I mean I was I'm always kind of an over preparer and some Mm -hmm. of that's for me and some Mm -hmm. of that's for them Mm -hmm. just my own comfort level you know in the classroom because I I'm not I'm not a great uh, uh, you know I mean it's I I put it on me but the truth is we don't know how long certain things take in a class so I always like to have a lot but I started thinking, you know, they're not actually, I need room, I need to leave room for them, you know. Mm. So so I just started slowing down in my own teaching practice mm-hmm. and um, thinking about ways that I could, could just get to know the students more and also allow them to be a part of, of what's going on in terms of, like, forming the, the class structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole idea of being really more a responsive teacher so that doesn't actually answer the question to how do I get them to slow down (laughs) let me go let me think about that in a minute um I think it's like through I do all these field works I do things that get students ready before they're actually doing the project I I like the idea of play or Mm -hmm. giving them prompts or funky handwritten worksheets that I do or things that get them thinking so Mm. that they see that like that's in the structure of my class so they know mm-hmm. that it's important, you mm-hmm. know, so that I don't just give them an assignment and say, go figure it out. Like, ready, set, go. It's, yeah, yeah, but I'm really interested in how do you get an idea, you know. So, mm. uh, so one of the projects that I did with my colleague, Brett Hunter, for seven years, every Alfred, we made an impact, every <laughs> Alfred student <laughs> wow. in their first year um, had to... Uh, had to be part of the the line project or mm. or basically it was a six week course that they all took where we would draw a new line each time so there were 14 lines in Alfred that are v- invisible one mile long uh, five foot wide lines that we worked with a GIS person to lay out so that they would cross through our studio but that would be the only visible place that we could see the line we'd send students out with maps they would have to figure out make the line real basically so they would figure out where it was at um, through conversation through like them matching it up Um, and we would do this whole series Mm -hmm. of different uh, experiences on the line to as a you know, the line became this place of investigation, mm. um, this, you know, how to get an idea. And mm-hmm. so we would we would take them through a lot of things. We'd, you know, they'd go out, they'd look for it, explore it. Mm-hmm. They would, you know, kind of observe things. So we'd send them out again to observe. And so we'd you know, maybe give them a word. They'd get a word, you know, pull a word out of a hat and maybe above. So they would end oh. up having to explore the whole line um, by looking above, laying on their back thinking about patterns of birds. So it's yeah. like, so we would actually lay out all of these different things. We'd mm. slow down and say it's important to notice and mm-hmm. then actually make frameworks so they were, so that all they could do was notice. You know, it right. was individual. Um, and then and then they'd bring that information back in. And we always had this thing that we were doing that was underlying that whole class that was um, this kind of mantra of observe, or no, explore, observe, collect, uh, analyze, edit, 
organize and communicate and communicate was the art you know so we would take them through that so so yeah so I think some of it is about just changing your structures completely Mm -hmm. um, and allowing thinking about how you know what can I do to slow them down oh Um, I love that but yeah but at the same time I think one of the things I said in my talk the other day is Mm -hmm. change pace so it's Mm. slow down but I also do things that are really fast write a hundred things. I'm going to time you in a minute. I want to see you write a hundred things that you know about art, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, or go outside. You have 20 minutes to ask three people to give you something from their pocket. And then they bring those back in and we mm. spread those things out on, um, on a table and begin to just observe them. Like, what do they already say? You know, mm. objects already have inherent meaning and so sure, so sure. how do you get students to pay attention to the fact that they know a lot more about a receipt that came out of someone's pocket they mm. have information that they can get from that um then then you know then the normal thing is you wrinkle it up and throw it away so right yeah. wow I love that and I think too that you know not knowing maybe what's going to happen or what the end result is and sort of having that chance and allowing them to sort of participate and have permission to play and activate space and all of those things that's really incredible yeah. <laughs> and and I know it, at Alfred that's in a very rural setting and so here you are at Portland State which I've been to Portland many times. It's in the middle of the city. You know, it's, it's, um, so how are you going to activate that sort of space and sort of thinking about that environment and that, that community? Well, this summer I'm teaching a class that's called Art Lab. And basically we're going to, you know, I mean, I think that everyone has to teach from their strengths, but also the things that they want to know. Like for me, I'm a constant learner. Like Mm -hmm. I'm interested in learning with my students. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, it's been this great delight Mm. to be in Portland. I'm someone who loves when I don't know what's around the corner. Um, And so basically I've constructed a class that 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 will allow me to do that um, with a little posse of students. And so we're going to um, we're gonna go out, we're going to explore the city. We're going to uh, kind of think about things in terms of uh, tours, uh, you know, um, uh, souvenirs, um, mm. you know, and just start thinking guides. And But we're going to go out and interview people. We're going to try to find unusual experiences in Mm. the city and use that as a way to kind of prompt art making. Um, Mm -hmm. And also, you know, I I think it's really important that students don't stay in a classroom. I just think they need to move. I mean, I need to move to think, you know. Sure. I think that there's something about moving people around that really makes it so that there's more um, a chance for them to get to know each other, Um, people that they wouldn't normally sit by. If you say, okay, now everybody pull your seats around in a circle Mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden they're going to be next to somebody that they don't that they don't sit with all the time and right a big one for like get rid of all the furniture Mm -hmm. let's stand a lot (laughs) (laughs) they don't always love it but um but I you know I mean as a as a person who works in social practice like Mm -hmm. I really understand the room and like Mm. the framework of the room and how important it is that we recognize how that um, changes experience, you know? And, sure. Um, so if you're thinking about all those things, mm-hmm. you know, they have a better chance of, of having a different kind of experience where they're not sitting at a desk looking at you in the front of the room, which right. really just really makes, you know, it kind of keeps... It, it keeps us going in that direction of like mm-hmm. I have all the knowledge and I'm handing it out to all of you right. instead of thinking about knowledge is located in the, or learning is located in the individual and mm. they need to curate that themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so. mm-hmm. Wow, and and you've been in collaborative environments and spaces and sort of creating the classroom as a collaborative experience in many places that that you've taught. And so, why is that so important to you as an educator? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I mean, I, you know, again, maybe it comes from, you know, I just, I just think it's being able to speak out loud, to work Mm -hmm. together with someone, Mm -hmm. to make work in dialogue, you know, I think it takes you um, to another place. It allows Mm -hmm. risk taking, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously you you don't, you know, you, you're going to start talking to someone it may even be uncomfortable at first especially with beginning students but I think that I try to make things fun so that 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 comfort level gets Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) that Mm -hmm. they're pretty comfortable with each other right but I think there's something about um, making and speaking out loud you know and um, I, I think it's actually you know when we start thinking about who are we really educating the fact that 
most of our students, 10% of our students will, will actually continue to make art and make art mm. as, a, as part of their living. So mm -hmm. learning to collaborate, working with others, learning to communicate things that are difficult. I mean, we're, mm -hmm. we're visual people, so right. a lot of times there's, you know, we think of, I'm thinking about the room, you know, and physical and things, mm -hmm. and, and yet, you know, to actually describe that, learning how to describe things is really important. Mm -hmm. So so I think collaboration does a lot of those things. Um, I think it's also, it's just another mode that artists work today, too. And mm -hmm. so I'm very interested in, in, in the broadest experience that I can give students, because mm. I don't know what amazing things they're going to do in the future, the combinations right. that they're going to come up with. I just want them to have as many ways to make art as possible and mm -hmm. so so collaborations one I mean I I think it's also really good for designers as well as artists mm. as well as you know just thinkers just sure people, sure know, so. to think about working together how do you listen how do you yield how do you you know yeah negotiate yeah. perhaps right <laughs> right and I think that's the other thing is I'm interested in showing them different models mm. and I don't always like lecture about the different models I just I just set up different models. And then when students have problems or say, you know, well, s you know, this isn't working, you know, they're not doing the work or whatever, I just give them other kinds of models that they can begin to think about. Mm -hmm. well, you know, it's, you're collaborating if you decide that each of you take a different part and then you bring it back together, mm -hmm. you know. So there's, there's different ways that I, I feel like I show mm -hmm. them, you know, what's, uh, yeah you know, different ways to do it. Different so. ways to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, you know, thinking about the experiences that you've had um, in the classroom and wanting to expand the classroom, you know, beyond the walls and into the community and outside and moving around, what have been some challenges or what do you have any advice for anyone that's, you know, just starting out um, as a TA or as an adjunct that, that wants to create a space that's dynamic and exciting and, and all of those things? Yeah, I think you have to stop listening to people say that's not possible. I think that's the first thing, you yeah, know? I mean, right, right. I've heard a lot of naysayers. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think, oh, that's sad. That's your experience. That's mm -hmm. not mine. And so I would just say that if that's what you want to do, then just take some courage and say, mm -hmm. that, you know, because you have to try. You have to, right. like, do something mm -hmm. to get better at it. I mean, we learn through repetition, and hopefully it's fruitful repetition, sure, you know? And sure. um, so I think as a teacher, I would just mm -hmm. I would just really get them, you know, mm -hmm. uh, excited to try different things, not to be afraid to do that. Um, mm -hmm. That uh, that I think that we, be, you know, we can become really bound by all the things that um, mm -hmm. our universities that are becoming more corporate <laughs> mm -hmm. um, are asking us to do. Mm -hmm. And I say we have more control than than we think sometimes, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think, think about what, what do you want to do, you know, or what is, what is invisible that you're doing underneath? Bring it out, start talking mm -hmm. about it so that other people know mm -hmm. and begin to actually take that on too as see it as an important thing. So like noticing when I talk about sure. that, or, you know, going outside the classroom. Um, but I think, I'm, I'm trying to think what some of the challenges are. I do think that um, one of the biggest first things that I would do is, is you know, think about relationships hmm. uh, in the classroom first. I think that, that if you don't have relationships, if you don't pay attention hmm. to building a sense of trust within the classroom, mm -hmm. that you can't do these things because you need them to trust you. You need to get them out of the place of being fed as a, as a you know, as a student, like you're just giving them the information mm -hmm. um, and into that mode of being active. But to do that, that's scary for some people. That's a huge risk. Mm -hmm. They love being invisible in class or sure. um, they, they, you know, they, they think of it as like they're getting to somewhere else. So they're not investing in this mm -hmm. thing. So, mm -hmm. so I think it's about like making that classroom the place, the place to be present, mm -hmm. you know, um, and the importance of like thinking about their art right there you know mm -hmm. um so building that trust with everybody not just not just like with me but also with them together mm -hmm. um and then changing this paradigm of like what are they doing there you know mm -hmm. um our students come with great knowledge they don't they they might not even know <laughs> right, yet you know right. so i think that respecting that and bringing mm. it out and 
treating each one of them as somebody who, you know, uh, someone's going to mm-hmm. great make great things someday instead right. of like worrying about their attitudes or if they came to class in pajamas or not or whatever they're doing, you yeah. know, it's like I think that that kind of like ultimately expecting a lot from people mm-hmm. but making them comfortable and making them know that you're making a connection mm. that matters for them that's mm-hmm. about truth you know I think mm-hmm. um, I think you can begin to really change the way the classroom can work I don't know that's great and I, I think just not assuming the worst of someone is really helpful yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. and it's really yeah. empowering and I think that yeah. they, they sense that, that that you're wanting the best for them that you're hopeful for their, their success and you're expecting it Yeah, um, yeah. I think is really a game changer yeah you know yeah I think one of the things that I I just did um, with my last term of students which I just absolutely love them um at the end for the final we have this one week where we're supposed to do some kind of final but we're already done with our crit and everything Mm -hmm. and I was like you know I'm going to bring them together and we're just going to talk about learning you know what they learned so I had them create these like um, diagrams or these infographics I talked about how the relationships of um, like com- how, how do we draw something that mm. shows us the relationships between kind of complex information and so I had them all drawing what they learned in the last 10 weeks and so some of them were like hey Michelle can I put down everything I learned you know and mm. I was like yes you can put down everything mm-hmm. you can choose this is your your mapping of your mm-hmm. learning in the last 10 weeks and we had this great conversation with these visuals of what were the things that they feel like they learned, you know, in mm. that time? And I had a student say, kind of at the end of it, she was like, you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm a freshman and no one has ever asked me what I've learned. She said, I've never been asked. Wow. And she said, you know, it's it's funny, I guess I never even really thought that that's kind of like what I was doing here, you know, that I should be thinking about my my learning. Wow. Like, and so... I think that's the thing that we've got to get to where they mm-hmm. realize that the whole thing is about them mm-hmm. and like increasing their awareness of the world, of how artists work and where they fit into it. Mm-hmm. You know? Wow. And I mean, you, you, you have so much energy, which I really appreciate. <laughs> and it seems like you're, you're constantly in motion. You know, you're, you're moving over here, you're doing over, you're revamping a program and then you're going to revamp another program. And then, well, maybe I'll revamp another, you know, and your art practice is dynamic and active as well. How do you avoid burnout? How, how do you avoid thinking, okay, I'm, I'm done. I've kind of got this figured out. I've got these projects. I'm just going to kind of sit on this. How do you mm-hmm. continue that evolution? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've yeah. always been, like, interested in things and a joiner, you yeah. know? And, um, and, I, and I love to meet people. I love to talk. But I, I think one of the things that I've found over time is that I actually need uh, my own slowdown time, you mm-hmm. know? So I, mm-hmm. so I do take, I do take kind of, like, uh, I give myself like time by myself too mm-hmm. like I, I'll you know after a Friday meeting now that I'm in Portland I feel like really lucky this way but mm-hmm. um, I you know after a faculty meeting I'll be like I'll jump in the car and I'll be like you know what I am driving to the coast oh <laughs> and nice so, nice and so I'll, uh, you know I'll just like take it's an hour and 15 minutes away I'll just like mm-hmm. jump on the road and for me that's actually about this it kind of goes back to the line project. Sure. I, I go, I look, I explore. There's mm-hmm. something about just observing things and taking in that experience mm-hmm. that um, revives me, you know, and mm-hmm. it makes me feel really like present in my own life. And um, mm-hmm. so I think that's, I think, I think that's one of the things that I, that, that I do. Sure. Um, I surround myself with people who, you know, like to have fun and, mm-hmm. and enjoy good conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the most lovely things that has happened to me this year, which is a year of lots of lovely, <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> is that I um, I am a new grandmother. And oh, so congratulations. I, yeah, even though I'm like, I feel like I'm, you know, that's like such an odd word still. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm a Mimi. I think that's what my name's going to be. <laughs> anyway, so I've got this lovely little person know in my life and so that's that's also really uh, Mm -hmm. a way to Mm -hmm. revive or rejuvenate yourself is to kind of 
um, see someone who's just starting everything mm-hmm. again. So, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, and you know, at, at the conference here, the the theme is beyond the core. You know, so we've been sort of thinking about you know what is the core and what is beyond and what does that look like. And I know at Portland State, you're it's the core that that you are revamping and readjusting and those sorts of things. So how, how are you doing that? And what, what does that look like or mean to you? Right, right. Well, I think the name, I mean, I'm a big namer. Like I, um, and, and frankly, the name was there when I came. And I feel mm-hmm. like you can't do everything um, mm-hmm. immediately. That, that this idea of growing a new um, program mm-hmm. really takes time. And sure. so, so we'll look at the name. Right now, CORE seems to work for us. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to have like a big... Uh, group session in the middle of the week that's called CoLab, um, where we'll, we'll, you know, kind of get together to collaborate, to get mm-hmm. to really develop community, mm-hmm. and, you know, all other things, all other C-O words, you know, <laughs> right. connection, you know, context, concept, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, um, so I, I'm starting, you know, that, that happens in the heart of the middle of the week, you know, yeah. collab. And so we're going to kind of move out from there, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of names. I thought that it was really quite funny when I saw the title of the fake conference <laughs> that we're doing core and you're beyond core. Beyond so, the core, right. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, but I do really believe in naming. I think at Alfred, we, you know, we changed a lot of the names mm-hmm. a couple different times trying mm-hmm. to. Um, allow more things to exist, you know, within those frameworks mm-hmm. um, and to help them uh, begin to be places where um, p- people could really teach to their strengths but also could relate to each other so students mm-hmm. could start having these experiences that they're, they recognize in one, in one class and, and, you know, in, then again in another um, so, so core right now is great. I've been drawing like the, you know, kind of the, like the core, the center of the tree, you know, like, oh, right, <laughs> like, right. oh this is like the heart of the tree, you know, so I've been thinking about that, those kinds of things too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, we're going to, our courses are going to be called surface space time, digital tools, uh, which is going to be this great like uh, toolkit class that Mm. meets once a week um, and really no art necessarily art making in it but Mm -hmm. just this experience of um, trying out all different kinds of digital tools Mm. um, you know uh, laser cutter you know (laughs) to doing Adobe you know Mm -hmm. um, and just uh, using your cell phone as a as a tool, you sure. Know? Um, so there's lots of lots of things that will happen there, um, and then we have a, a, um, a class that's a visual literacy um, class that also will be in kind of that freshman you know uh, project, and then um, ideation, and so oh. that is a, a class. I, I just feel like this idea, of, like mm-hmm. how do you the idea of how do you get ideas, you right? Know? And um, and because our program really is kind of the core of what's happening in the School of Art and Design. Uh, We are, you know, we are tasked with educating not just art students, but design students and art historians. And so we're looking at this like very big view of like, what does that what what does that mean? You know, Mm -hmm. what does that look like? And so um, and focusing on things that that will enrich all, you know, all of uh, you know, the students in whatever they end up doing sure um, which is challenging because so, yeah. then you have to speak to all of those areas and think about preparing and then you have an opportunity to meet with those faculty that are teaching in those areas and what mm-hmm. do you want what do you need what, yeah. what do you not need well and I think that I mean if you know I was on a panel called Radical Whispers mm-hmm. and so um, I'm going to say something that <laughs> is probably a little bit opposite of that uh-huh. I'm actually when I think about you know let's say the word core or foundation, you know, Mm -hmm. um, foundation a lot of times is what you were just saying. They're Mm -hmm. responding to the needs of the upper classes and the, the, the faculty, the specific faculty Mm -hmm. are teaching in those Mm -hmm. areas. And I think that we need to kind of redefine that and start Mm. thinking about core foundation as, you know, what is it a foundation for? Um, Mm. and because I, you know, if it is for that, that's quite limiting, you know, Mm. and it's also, um, faculty will tell you things that are very specific for their areas, you mm-hmm. know, in the beginning of the area, and um, and will never be quite satisfied uh, because mm-hmm. there's always going to be inconsistency in how you teach a whole program. Sure. Um, so I think for me, I'm looking at the big picture. I'm building a core foundation 
for students who are going to go beyond. So how to get ideas, how to collaborate, how to think critically, how to make things with your hands, how to you know, work inside, outside. Sure. You know more about contemporary art and the history of art and mm-hmm. how designers work. And, you know, so there's mm-hmm. all of these things that are really rich. Sure. They'll be better students. Like, our faculty will be really happy with what they get, mm-hmm. but we aren't beholden to doing specific things that people are, have an expectation mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, um, for me, this idea of, like, letting go of the need for consistency, mm. like, for me, I'm hiring the best darn team I can Mm -hmm. and even though a lot of them are adjuncts and I I really would like to see more of them get you know kind of more um, uh, stable work sure sure um, I'm, you know, I'm going to open it up. We're going to work together. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to develop. Um, we've been developing, but mm-hmm. we'll extend that and and um, take it further. This idea of, you know, like what are we doing in a, in a mm-hmm. shared vision? Um, and then when you have a shared vision and you actually communicate and know what you're doing, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, together, um, you can you can just trust that people are going to go into that classroom, teach to their strengths. They're going to do the sure. thing they know how to do. They're um, the, and they're going to be excited about a vision that they share. Yes, and so yes. you can just trust that it's going to happen. And so right. for me, I I think that yeah, consistency is a fallacy. So mm-hmm. embrace like shared vision, and mm-hmm. then you can you can just trust that they're going to do. Um, something that's you know that that adds to the program and that's authentic to yeah. them you know and if and if they're involved in the thinking and the visioning and the excitement of that then they're going to be so much more excited to then translate that to the students rather oh. than here's what we're doing and here's what we're doing you know yeah, that yeah. that doesn't feel very empowering no no it's not mm-hmm. it's and it's and it excludes our, our very own teachers from mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. bringing the best that they can into the classroom sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not, it's not to say that, I mean, I'm open enough to know that some places do things differently and it works sure, for them. Sure, of course. But for me, it's it's really about um, allowing people to, to do their best, you know, mm-hmm. and encourage them, you know, just to, because I think we just need more encouragement to to know that we can we can mm-hmm. really change what's in, what's in front of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we have this long history of people sitting at like work desks and not moving, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. you being the person to move around them or mm-hmm. to to spout information in the front of the classroom. And um, I just think that 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 just reinforces this idea that learning is with us, you know, mm-hmm. and that it's our responsibility. Mm-hmm. The end of the semester, they're evaluating their teachers and what they did and what didn't happen and what they didn't learn yeah and I'm like oh forget that like let's you know learning is yours you know Mm -hmm. and teaching students that they don't even have to like their professor but they need to like figure out how they Mm -hmm. can get the most learning um, that they possibly can from any of those situations Mm -hmm. situations outside of school too so it begins to extend I mean for me the idea that um, school is just one bit of learning you know Mm. if you look at your classroom and you say and the reason I can look out and say there's so much knowledge there is if you add up how many years in school and out of school those students have been studying and learning Mm -hmm. just recognizing the amount of years of knowledge you have in the room Mm -hmm. um, is empowering for a young Mm -hmm. person to realize oh wow I do know something I I'm not coming to college to you know be filled, you know, mm-hmm. my, I mean, maybe mm-hmm. in some, some sure, beautiful sense, sure. you know, but I mean, you're not being just given, you know, handed over this information, right? But the, you already, you know, know how to access it and mm-hmm. begin to like truly help them find the way to their passion, like help them find how they, how they learn best, mm-hmm. um, you know, what it is that like makes them want to work all night, you know? Sure, So I sure. think those are, those are the grander issues. That's when I'm thinking, what am, what am I building a foundation mm-hmm. for? That's it. That's mm. it. Lifelong learning, you know, um, finding right then and there what you're really interested in or knowing how to, you know, kind of learn something else, you know, mm. or, you know, what, what you need um, to make yourself a really rich, mm. creative life, you know. Oh, wonderful. Michelle, it has been such a joy to talk to you this morning, um, very early in the morning, but but very, very nice. I really, really appreciate everything that you've done and 
just being able to talk to you has been so fun. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to be here and, and so incredibly honored for the award. It comes mm. at perfect time. Thank you. Oh, well, congratulations. Hi, this is Valerie Powell. Welcome to Positive Space. Today we are at the Fate Conference in Kansas City, and we are up on the rooftop, and I've got Ralph Pugai with me. He is one of the Shout Out Award winners. Welcome, Ralph. Thank you, um, and thanks for having me. Uh, the Fate Conference has been a wonderful experience. And this is your first Fate Conference, is that right? That is correct. So tell me, what's it been like? It's been wonderful, you know. Uh, I feel like I've been learning a lot. I think Michelle Illuminato mentioned um, we're kind of reconstructing our foundations program over at Portland mm -hmm. State University. Mm -hmm. And so being at the conference has been really educational for me. Oh, I imagine. Yeah. I imagine. So are there certain topics that you've been hearing about or certain sessions maybe that have stood out to you? There's been many. So the, the first one that I went to was a, a talk on uh, I think it was titled to transgress or not transgress. Mm. And I thought that that was really interesting, just kind of like seeing how educators deal um, with their students when particular types of projects in the classroom kind of mm -hmm. blow up on their face. Right. <laughs> yeah, which, which definitely happens. <laughs> yeah, and like using that as like an educational type of experience for, oh, for the educators as well. And like kind of like instilling this idea that even though you are a t an educator in the classroom, that mm -hmm. being an educator is also a learning process. Sure, that we're yeah. constantly engaged in that, that activity, right? Totally. <laughs> and then there, there were a few others. Another one that I went to was using um, the local environment hmm. to... Um, to use as a teaching tool by Anna Fiddler and Michael Boonstra, uh, who are Oregon State University educators. Oh, um, that was really nice to see how they use the landscape um, mm. to kind of create projects out, out in the forest. I thought oh, that wow. that was really interesting and like the coast. Definitely thinking about that. I also thought about, like I was also really into the the talk that you did actually about oh. the wash program. Oh, wow. Thank yeah. You. Thank and you. Um, the use of costumes, the use of uh, car cardboard, <laughs> what is it? cardboard, yeah. <laughs> cardboard and tape. Uh -huh. I thought that was uh -huh. really interesting to create costumes. And then there was another one on speculative fiction and using speculative fiction as a jumping off point to creating projects. Oh, wow. And then there was another one that was based on technology. It was about using, um, like, thinking about analog processes and then turning mm. them into, like, you know, using technology as a tool to kind of translate them mm -hmm. and then turning it, like, the, the products back sure. into analog. Sure. Oh, exciting. I mean, there's so much to, to get, you know, and it's, it's just been wonderful to have you here. And, um, and you guys have a lot of people here from Portland State. Yeah, I think we have about eight. That's insane. That's yeah. wonderful. That's really wonderful. Yeah, so we have a group of people coming from, like, uh, the, the university studies program. Mm -hmm. um, Michelle and I are here, for, and Allison and her are also here for, for mm -hmm. the foundations program. And then we have a graduate student that's speaking on the panel. Wonderful. Um, so, yeah, we've got a lot of people. It's Wonderful. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. And so, I mean, you've been teaching foundations, you know, and, and what are some things that you think are important in, in that first year or in that sort of experience as a beginning student? Well, one, I think um, getting students right off to the bat to understand that getting out of your comfort zone isn't as scary as it is. Mm, um, that mm -hmm. all that it takes is like mm -hmm. a matter of jumping sure, and like immersing sure. yourself into the experience. Right. Um, but also, I think it's also really important for the students to understand that as an educator, you're also a human being and that, you know, right. that you, right. you go through the process of like trial and error as well sure. and that you're in this process of discovery with them as mm -hmm. well. And you don't have to seem like you know everything. Exactly. You know, or that you're perfect or that you have every answer to every question. Yeah, that's exactly, um, that, that, I mean, that's something that I try to embody in a lot of my mm -hmm. classes. So it's like I'm teaching a class right now called Queer Art at Pride Northwest, which mm. is like a collaboration uh, between the students and a nonprofit called SMRC. Um, oh, really? Yes, it's a... A, uh, a sexual minorities youth and resource center oh, okay. essentially in Portland, Oregon. And what we're basically doing is learning about queer theory mm. and then 
on top of that, we're going to be collaborating with them to build their Pride Parade float that's coming oh, up in the summer. Wow. So it's a little bit of like it's a little bit of theory and practice yeah and like community engagement and collaboration and all of that wow and so are there um is that a class that you developed or is is that one that you sort of that was already in the program that that you sort of fell into um so my my position at portland state is i'm the the priest visiting fellow right and so part of my position is about multicultural initiatives and visibility Mm -hmm. um and so part of this uh position is that i had the opportunity to sort of develop a class and uh last year i was doing some volunteer work for for a nonprofit that was connected to smirk Mm. um and so it you know, thinking about this position mm-hmm. and like what could be done, it seemed to make sense mm. that another co- collaboration would happen. Oh, and wonderful. they're very enthusiastic about it. Oh, so. that's terrific. Yeah, so the students yeah. get to learn how to, like, you know, the students get volunteer training um, oh, right off the bat. And then from there, we're trying to figure out ways of kind of getting uh, Smirk's clients to sort of collaborate with mm. us on building this thing. Wow, so it won't just be the classroom that's working on it. It'll be the community and volunteers and sort of a collaboration on top of a collaboration. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, so it's like it, it, it functions in, in a really interesting way, which we haven't really found out yet. But it's like, you know, I, I told oh. the students right off the bat that it's like, you know, in terms of um, career theory, it's like it's, mm-hmm. it's something that is like still a learning process for me right? as well. It's evolving, you know? definitely. Yeah, it's evolving. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the students right off the bat understand that it's like I'm in this with them as opposed to me telling them what it is that's going on. Right, or speaking down to them or exactly. something of that sort. No, that's wonderful. That's really exciting to be able to develop a course like that. Yeah. And then to um, sort of be able to work with the community and sort of take that class space out, you know, into the world instead of, you know, it's important to talk about doing that, but I think it's also important to, to actually do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, especially at this current, current t- moment in time. Moment in time, absolutely. Yeah, visibility, I think, is really important. Really crucial, and really crucial to feel like your voice matters and that yeah. you can make things that have an impact and that can, can speak to an audience. Or that you're around people that are dealing with the same thing. And yes. it's like you you have a, a, a forum in which mm-hmm. to speak out and mm-hmm. sort of like create a voice for yourself. Right, and you're not alone. Exactly. You know, <laughs> that you have, you have a crew, you have a tribe of people yeah. that, that can... Can, can help you. Yeah, and yeah. the students are coming from all different sorts of intersectionalities. And mm-hmm. so it's like from there, will we come to understand this? Like, even though we're talking about queer theory in particular mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. talking about um, sexual minorities issues, sure. this, like, everyone's coming from different types of backgrounds and everyone has different things to bring to the table and everybody having different things to bring to Mm -hmm. the table is also a learning experience. Sure. Absolutely. That there's no sort of one size fits all mentality that, that everyone's coming from a variety of perspectives. Uh Absolutely. Well, and do you, do you feel like having those kinds of experiences where things are collaborative or where you're dealing with community engagement, um, do you experience that sometimes there's, there's fear involved in that or sometimes there's trepidation with that, with, oh, with the classroom space, how how do you navigate that? Because some students maybe aren't comfortable or as extroverted. Um, I think part of it is like making sure that they're prepared mm. for what's mm-hmm. about to happen. So giving them as much information as possible is really crucial. Yeah. So right off the bat, what I ended up doing is kind of coordinating with Emily Squires, who mm-hmm. is a pro- educational coordinator at Smirk, to. Um, figure out what would be best for the youth that they support because mm-hmm. it's like ultimately like they're, they're our biggest priority is making sure that sure. you know we maintain a safe space mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. um, and so what we've planned out are two um, two hour periods of training for the students to sort mm-hmm. of like make sure that they understand what it is to sort of like volunteer for a space like this right, um, right. but also I think right off the bat like and you know the way that I've kind of designed the classes is like it's very conversational like mm-hmm. a lot of our work initially within like the first five weeks is to just have mm-hmm. conversations around our circumstances mm-hmm. issues that are happening mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. Um, and 
basically just kind of like drawing out different perspectives from the from the students that we have mm-hmm. and like you know how how does that intersect with the issues that Smirk's going through I mean I know that for Pride Week like the, the thing that they want to em- emphasize is resistance mm. and like so it's like how how do the students in this class kind of like mm-hmm. conceive of resistance right. in different ways and like how right. do they manifest in a way that kind of like convergence like converges those different forms mm-hmm. of resistance together right and just being able to create a safe place in a, in a classroom environment it yeah. seems important in any class regardless of, of what what you're teaching and I mean do you feel like there are strategies that you found with this particular class that you've been able to maybe think about in other foundation classes that you're teaching Hmm. Well, this, the class just started, so yeah. it's like I haven't thought about it quite yet. <laughs> You're like, yet. I'll call you later and tell yeah. you about it. <laughs> um, but I think right off the bat, I, I think, you know, when we started this class, uh, right off the bat, my intention was to get to know the students really mm, well, mm-hmm. because I think it's really important for a class like this to get to know, like, one, for the students to get to know each other really mm-hmm. well, because we're going to be talking about issues that are, personal. like, really personal, sure, you know? So sure. it's like, and I think... My assumption as the class moves forward is mm-hmm. it's going to create like a really deep engagement amongst the students and mm-hmm. with me and like mm-hmm. the the people that we're collaborating with sure. in this nonprofit. So I think if if anything like that would be something that I adapt in future foundations classes right sure. off the bat is creating forums for the students to kind of like be vulnerable with one another. Yeah, absolutely. And to like model that too as a faculty, I think is so important. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like that's happening. That's really, really cool. You know, and, and thinking about, you know, developing a new course and then kind of as it's going on, sort of reflecting on it, is this working? Is this not working? You know, how do you feel like, you do that as a faculty do do you feel like it's something you know how how do you know when something's working um I think it's a a matter of like intuitive reading like you you have to read a room and like you Uh have to sort of like try to like you know it's like it's it's like a really embodied feeling Mm -hmm. like you you kind of you know you you kind of pay attention to this uh it's to your sensory perception sure sure Um, you kind of you, you, like auditory like thinking mm-hmm. about like whether students are being really quiet or not speaking up like right. whether um they're glancing at walls mm-hmm. or like they're really paying attention yeah, yeah I think it's, it's like a matter of like really trying to figure out like what okay so given what's going on today what was the mm-hmm. difference between what happened the last time we met and then mm-hmm. the day before like what right. were the thing what, what are the indicators mm-hmm. of engagement in those sure. types of situations sure absolutely well and are there projects that you are excited about when you teach foundation courses are there certain projects that you're like this is my jam this is this is a good one or this is one i want to tweak or this is one i want to kind of try again um, there's a couple. Yeah. Um, one is called Kiki Smith in the Parking Lot, Ooh. which is um, uh, like, you know, it, it, we do it in 3D design. Okay. And what we end up doing is creating appropriations of Kiki Smith sculptures. Oh. And what, uh, uh, having the students think about scale and thinking about like, physical proportion Mm -hmm. of a human form, Mm -hmm. having them pay attention to the proportion of their own bodies and collaborating on, like, creating a life-size sculpture. Um, And then using aluminum foil, uh, (laughs) newspaper, and tape and paint to create that. Um, And then what we end up doing is parading the sculptures from one end of campus to another in a parking lot and having an exhibition there. And oftentimes what ends up happening is that, you know, it's like it's not just uh, a study in proportion and scale, but it's Mm -hmm. also a study in context because, you know, all of a sudden, once we have the installation happen, we have a big exhibition on it. And what ends up happening is the students kind of become aware of this, like, you know, the space in which their objects exist in actually matters Mm. you know the students start having conversations about sexual harassment on campus Mm. and like having like these bot like this these weird abject bodies Mm -hmm. existing in this dark space um becomes like indicators of Mm -hmm. threat Mm -hmm. um so it's like that's one project and then another yeah and then another project that I'm really excited about is like actually having students create fountains out of styrofoam Um, which is something that I got from just watching YouTube instructional videos. Oh, cool. So the process is I teach the students how to create a hot wire foam cutter. 
um, out of uh-huh. like uh, Radio Shack tools. Yeah, we we have those in in Wash. We we just made some. They're like super jerry rigged uh-huh. with like <laughs> sometimes PVC they break. Pipe. Yeah, they completely overheat. Yeah, but they're so great because you can cut that styrofoam and it's just like buttery. It's just so clean it and curvy. Really it's so nice. That's yeah. awesome. So what they end up doing is. Um, doing that and Uh then I instruct them on uh, different like just broad parameters on Mm -hmm. how to create a fountain Um, and then from there they make it like they Mm -hmm. they create the structure and then they cover they cover that up with a sealant Uh Um, and then from there we have an exhibition of fountains wow and so is that something that they do by themselves or is that another, is that a collaborative project? Um, it's not collaborative. Like mm-hmm. they all individually make their own fountains. Oh, um, wow. But, you know, what ends up happening is like we do have like a collaborative exhibition that goes in conjunction with it. Really cool. Yeah. I like that, that like you're, you're getting them to think about an audience yeah. and like having this work be seen and not just be critiqued or looked at in like a classroom situation. Yeah. And we do a little bit of both, you know, so uh-huh. in this case it's like the exhibition also becomes like the critique space so it's like sometimes especially with the kiki smith in the parking lot project Uh you know it's like there was one time when we were having a critique and then like a drunk passerby just kind of like (laughs) 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 kind of just joins in and kind of starts talking as we were critiquing which how you know you're never ever prepared for something Mm -mm. like that no so it's like you just kind of like go along with the experience right like try try to have the students understand this like you know this is not just exclusive to like an outdoor space this could also happen if you're exhibiting professionally (laughs) there are trollers everywhere (laughs) (laughs) absolutely that's so cool yeah. And so do you find that um, when you launch a project, do you um, show them images? Do you kind of just get them started right away? Do you have them sketch things? Um, so, yes and no. So sometimes yeah. if, if it requires, like for the Kiki Smith project, mm-hmm. for example, I think that that always requires them to have like an understanding of like where Kiki Smith is coming Absolutely. from. Absolutely. It, um, but like for the fountain, for the fountain, what I end up showing them are some examples of like fountains that have been um that have been done by using this method mm, um, mm-hmm. um by the instructor themselves sure. uh, in the youtube videos uh-huh. so um they kind of get an idea of like what a traditional fountain looks like made right. through this method and then from there it kind of likes um gets them uh thinking about like well what type of fountain would i like to make right and what so they get to design that themselves and do yeah. they kind of show you do you have like process critiques or do you just kind of wait till the very end I, we do have process critiques what ends up happening is I, I kind of group them with one another oh yeah and it's like they kind of give themselves um feedback on like oh, you know great. what's working and what's not like mm-hmm. where would the problem areas be like because mm-hmm. it's like the the fountain essentially it has a an external structure and an interior structure mm-hmm. so it's like things that like don't look like they're leaking outside (laughs) could be leaking inside and so it's like where's your vessel like you know it's like is it grabbing like all those leaks and Uh um so they they get to tinker around with each other's Mm -hmm. work and get to know what the problem areas are but i think it's Mm -hmm. really important for them to know this like you know the critique does doesn't just come from me right Um, that they have sort of ownership of that totally yeah, really cool, really, really cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm always so excited um, to hear how other people critique or do process critiques and kind of change things up. Um, is there, like, a way of critiquing that you found to be really helpful? Yeah, yeah. There, there's a few. So, yeah. I mean, the, there, I, I've kind of conducted critiques that range in, range in different ways. Um, one, well, we start out with a cold read right off the bat. Oh, okay. Um, because it's like, it, it seems like a, a good traditional sort of like introduction to like mm-hmm. what a critique is. Sure. And then I do critiques where the students basically put questions inside of a hat for whoever we're critiquing. Oh. And then the students get to pick five questions out of that hat and read it in front of everybody and answer the question. And then the rest oh. of the questions they get to keep for themselves. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, and then there's another critique critique structure that I use where the students are supposed to uh, write 
reviews for one another of each other's work. Oh, really? Yeah, and usually that that works really well because it you know when students write about work like there's they they have they feel like they have to commit to an opinion. Sure. And I think it's really important for them to sort of like really articulate what it is that they're thinking. Oh, that's really great. Yeah. So then are those like read out loud or are they turned in or they exchange with the students? I have this I have other so it's like what well, how we do it is that we have another student read whatever's being uh uh whatever writing we're reading mm-hmm. so that the mm-hmm. students actually hear what their written voice sounds like. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, and you know, the, the theme of our conference is beyond the core. Uh-huh. Um, and I know at Portland state, you guys have the core, you know, that, that you're revamping and sort of reconsidering. Um, what is, what does beyond the core mean to you? What, what is, what does that, that say to you? Hmm. I think what, I, I mean, it's like beyond the core. I mean, it, it, it implies a certain type of futurity, right? And mm-hmm. so I think when I think about beyond the core, I often think about um, how to get students to think about what would you like to see in the future? Mm. What would you like to see in your future? And how mm-hmm. do you become a maker that goes through the process of actualizing that vision? Mm-hmm. Um, not just with with yourself, but it's like, um, but with others, mm-hmm. because ultimately what you're responding to as maker is the world around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think uh, when I think about beyond the core, it seems like it makes sense that a good trajectory would be for the students to become more contextually aware mm. of the lives that they're living and mm-hmm. navigating. So mm-hmm. that's where my head is right now. Yeah, to like sort of look outside and look yeah. at the world and see what's happening and read the paper yeah. and, you know, do those kinds of things. And I, I think for some that comes really naturally. Uh-huh. But I've I found that some of my students maybe aren't aren't as informed. And do you have any suggestions for sort of how to encourage that kind of ownership of being in the world? Yeah, I think it starts out with you recognizing you, who you are as a human mm. being, and that's like a very uh, long process, right? Sure, sure. Um, but I think have one like giving a students different platforms to like acknowledge that they have a voice mm-hmm. and that they have a presence, and that mm-hmm. that presence has um, a sort of responsibility, right? It's like yeah. we're, we have a responsibility towards one another, mm-hmm. um, and having them be aware of that, I think, right off the bat, is like a really good starting off point. Sure, and that that's important and that's valuable. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, have you ever done projects where you implement current events or things that are you know currently happening, protests or what 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 have you? In the classroom? Um, at this point, it's like, I mean, what, you know, what the class that I'm, I'm teaching now is right. like one of them. But then another one is like just having drawing students draw the news. So it's like if there's like a news article mm. that doesn't necessarily have an image attached to it. I have them draw oh, that. Oh, just like from their imagination? Just, just from sort their of, imagination. Oh, that's yeah. curious. Yeah, yeah, to sort of get them to think about, um, you know, a story, a narrative, what's happening, yeah. all of that. Oh, that's really cool. But also it's like the visceral nature of like what it is that they're yeah. digesting. Uh-huh. And like, you know, like it, the visual form, like it, it, mm-hmm. it requires a little bit of sensitivity to the things that you're sure, absorbing. And, sure, um, So it, it then we go into talking about how Im- how language is interpreted. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's it just, I, I'm so encouraged because it sounds like you really w- are intentional, you know, about wanting to create that kind of safe space and that space where everyone can talk and everyone can be heard. Um, have you ever experienced, like, in, a, in the classroom where maybe a student is not being as sensitive or is coming across sharply? H- how, how have you handled that, like, if someone's maybe not as aware um, I think for me, uh, huh? That's a, like a really interesting question yeah. because, like, I'm I'm assuming that it's not just me that sure. goes through that, but everybody sure. else. I know that, I've gone through that. You know, yeah. you have a critique and someone says something, and you're like, "Wow, that 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 was sort of rough," or yeah. that maybe maybe somebody got their feelings hurt in that moment. You know, I think it's a case by case basis. So yeah. it's like if someone is like directly being disrespectful, mm-hmm. then I think you know it's like you you kind of like. Uh, respond to that sure. in a way that feels appropriate right, and, right. Um, just based on like how you feel because mm-hmm, like it's, mm-hmm. it's ultimately it's about like creating a social system sure. that, that is livable right yeah. and so there's that but then there are other times when I just kind of acknowledge the fact that it's like I 
I have to hold a certain type of presence in the classroom in order to model for other students. Right. And so mm-hmm. I go back and forth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I have like a a, a, a direct answer to yeah, that. Yeah, because I mean, it's every situation so different and every... Um, Student, every you know environment is is, is going to create different challenges. Sure, yeah. sure. We are so glad you are here, Ralph, Thanks. and we are sincerely <laughs> excited to have you you know be part of this community and and getting the shout out award. I'm just so thrilled for that. Thank you very much for giving me the award. I really yeah, appreciate it. Absolutely. It's been a great experience. Wonderful. Well, thanks again. Hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Positive Space. If you're interested in being part of FATE's ongoing conversation about art foundations, visit the FATE website at foundationsart.org. Don't forget the dash between foundations and art. This episode's interview was conducted by Valerie Powell and was engineered and edited by Raymond Gaddy. Our theme music was provided by Lee Rosevere. If you like what you hear on Positive Space, be sure to give us a review at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever it is you find your podcast. Better yet, send us some audio. You can call Positive Space at 904-990-FATE. That's 904-990-3283. You may find your voice on the next episode of Positive Space.